Well, I had a good afternoon. I didn't nap much. I wish I would have napped more. How many got a nap today? Wow. We had some nappers in here today. That's good. That's good. Today I want to I want to read to you tonight from 2 Corinthians verse 5 and 7. And I just have two verses for my text and the second one will be in Romans 12 and 3. And I wanted to preach with the subject just enough faith. How many know you have enough faith? It's not just enough. I barely had enough. No. You've been given a measure of faith. It's just enough. It's just enough. It's exactly enough for what you need. Amen. Sometimes we get to feeling like we don't have enough things in this world. We don't have enough tools. We don't have enough this or that. God give you just enough faith. Just enough faith. And guess what? You can develop your faith. How many knew that? Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. If you'd stand with me for the reading of God's word. It says this, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Isn't it easier to walk by sight? I mean, you're walking. You want to see where you're going. But God says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 12 and 3 says this, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, than he ought to think, but to think soberly. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. There it is. He's given you a measure. He's given you a portion that is enough for you. I want to preach for just a few moments as I pray. You pray for me with the subject, just enough faith. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're in control of every situation that we could come in contact with. I ask you, Lord, today as we come together, we've, we've gathered in your presence. We feel you here. You're dwelling with us. I'm asking you, Lord, to anoint our eyes and our ears to see and to hear what you would have to say to us tonight. I ask you, Lord, to anoint your servant as I preach your word, Lord, as I give your word for these people to chew on, Lord, for it to absorb into their soul. I ask you, let it go deep down and rooted inside of us. Lord, I give you the praise for the outcome of this sermon. Lord, for the, the word of God, Lord, that you've given to us, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen. Amen, amen. You can be seated. Don't you just love, 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 love people you can depend on? We can depend on God. He's going to show up, Brother Scott. He doesn't matter what the situation is. He's going to show up. I can depend on him. When I'm in a battle, when I'm in them times, I was talking today about being giant slayers. When I'm in the middle of a battle, sometimes you look around and you're thinking, God, where are you? Am I the only human here? Okay. We, 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 we think, God, where are you? Why, why are you not showing up? You know what's prob- what the problem is? Well, I'm, I'm just not even on my notes at all to start with. In America, in the church world, it's all, all got this way. We don't want to fight for anything. We're in America. We deserve this and that. We, we don't deserve to be in war. We hear wars. I, I remember 9-11. I was in Louisville, Kentucky. I was in a motel room, and I turned on the TV, and I seen these buildings burning. I said, oh, another shot of Beirut. Turned to the next, next station. I said, well, I must really be having a battle over in the Middle East. I went through station after station after station. I was like, why is everybody covering this? This happens all the time there. What, why are we looking at this? 
After a while, I realized what was going on. This was happening in America. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what in the world? I'm used to this in other parts of the world, but not in America. That doesn't happen in America, right? We were shocked. We're privileged. We're blessed. And sometimes when you're blessed, you don't want to fight for things anymore. I just want it to be given to me. Be nice. Don't, don't, don't upset the apple cart. Don't, don't cause us war. Don't, 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 don't attack us. Come on, let's play nice. I said it this morning. I'll say it again. Anything worth having is worth fighting for. The army, I know this week we're, we're celebrating Veterans Day. Uh, our armies of the United States have fought for our freedom, for our ability to sit in here tonight and just gather together. There's a lot of places that can't do this tonight. It's a privilege. It's a privilege for us to be here tonight. We need to understand that, that God has given us this privilege. Brother Bo, I'm going to ask you again, Brother Scott, if you'll check the air. I see some people fanning. Let's see if we can get that temperature right. You guys might want to communicate so one of you don't turn the heat on, the other one turn the air on. It's nice to have people to depend on. It's nice to have people that you can count on. How many has ever been dropped off somewhere and then you had to depend on a ride? Young people, I know you've been there. I've, I've did that over and over. Somebody dropped me off. My parents dropped me off. Then I'm waiting for a ride to get somewhere else. And you're like, where are they? I can hardly wait to get my license so I can drive myself. I remember one time I was working in Conway and Shelly and I only had one car. And it was, work was over. I was ready to come home. This was uh, before cell phones, if I remember right. And there I was in Conway. Couldn't get a hold of her. And I was like, here I come walking to, Con to, to Greenbrier from Conway. I was like, I can't believe here I am 30-something years old walking home. Because I'm impatient, she said. Hey, you work all day. You're ready to come home. You want that car to be there on time so you can get out of there and get home, relax, do whatever. But it's nice to have people you can defend, depend on. Your friends... Your family, most of the time, uh, when, when Shelly and I go to the store, the, the way we work this, and, and we've been married for 33 years, and, and I remembered that this time, we, we go, and I drop her off at the front of the store. I, I think that's gentlemanly of me, and I, I want to drop her off where it's the closest for her to walk in. I don't, I don't care where I park. I just park and walk in later. One day after church, we were uh, going down to Harps. We were going to get some food and take it home and cook it. And uh, I thought, well, I'm going to be the good husband, Bo. I'm, I'm going to go down there and, and drop her off. It was raining cats and dogs. What a good husband I was to let her off at the front door. So she did, barely had to get wet. If you don't know Shelly, you need to find out she doesn't like to get her hair wet. I've, I'm pretty sure most of you women don't want that either. But I dropped her off. And like most men do, I pulled out of the parking lot. I strategically parked the car where I could see the front doors. I, I'm, I'm way out here by 65, and I'm looking at them front doors, and I have a clear aisle, parking spots here, parking spots there, and I can see the door. I'm waiting for her to come out. When she comes out, Brother Heidi, I'm going to gun it, and I'm going to go up there and pick her up so she doesn't have to stand in the rain. After a while, a harps worker come out, and he's picking up all the carts out of the parking lot, and I was like, this dude is dedicated. It's raining cats and dogs. And I'm sitting here and walking, and he's just like right there, and I'm, I'm watching him. He's putting these carts up, and I was like, 
this is amazing. I, I can't believe they send him out of here in this kind of weather. I'm just looking. I'm not on my cell phone. Not, I'm just watching him. And the next thing I know, there's somebody getting in the car. And I was like, it was Shelly. She had walked the whole parking lot all the way out to get in the car. She was soppy wet. She was not happy. I'll be honest with you. You know when somebody does something and it's not funny to them, but you can't help but laugh? I was laughing because I knew I didn't do it on purpose. I was just like watching this guy, and I'd seen her and the way she looked. I was like, I couldn't stop the laughter, and I knew I shouldn't laugh, but I was like, that's hilarious. She did not feel the same way. <laughs> I was in trouble. I was shocked. I, was, she, I know she was shocked to see that she walked all the way, and I'm looking, it, it, it appeared that I was just looking right at her, but I was just looking to the left a little bit. I was watching this guy in the car, didn't even see her coming at me. She was shocked, and she'll be honest, she actually started laughing. She said, I can't believe you just did that. And I was like, I can't either. It, it was just a, a funny time, but she wasn't real happy. When, Aren't you glad I'm not God, and I just forget you when I drop you all? Let you walk through the rain all by yourself, get soaking wet, and then laugh at you when you get in. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Faith. Faith is a very important thing that we have, we do, and what we are in Jesus Christ. Strong's Concordance defines faith as persuasion or moral conviction of religious truth or the truthfulness of God or a religious teacher, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. Another uh, definition that Strong says, by extensive, um, let's see, by extensive the system of religious gospel truth itself, assurance, belief, believe, faith, and fidelity. Faith, let me just put it simply. Faith is simply confidence. Confidence or trusting God. Trusting God. Having faith to do that. You know, the, the easy illustration I always hear about is the light switch. You turn on the light switch and you have faith that the light bulbs are going to come on. Unless Taylor wired it, it probably will. He's not here to defend himself, so I can say that. Faith is having confidence in something. Having trust in something. You know what? Four times right here, I, I put these scriptures down. I want you to hear them. Habakkuk 2, 4, it says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Romans 1, 17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Galatians 3, 11, But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. There's a message here trying to convey this message. Hebrews 10:38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Faith is important. Faith is important. When I tell my kids something and I have to tell them two or three times, it's important. I want them to get it. I don't want a mistake in it. I'm very precise in it. And today, just a few minutes ago, you may not have noticed there was a mistake that happened up here. I asked Carter and I said, I need a, a bottle of water. 
And he said in a British accent, a bottle of water? I said, yes, I need some water. Do you see a water up here? I didn't say it enough. Now I see it finally. He brought it up and I didn't even see him. I had to convey the message over and over so I'll get things done. Thank you, son, by the way. I didn't even see it up here. Our walk with God is not dependent on what we see. It's about faith. It's, it's not even dependent on what we feel. It's about faith. There's a lot of nights you don't want to go to church. There's a lot of people didn't feel like going to church tonight, and they're not here. That's, that's the way it is. But we don't walk by our feelings. We don't walk by what we see. 2 Corinthians 5 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We have to walk by faith and not by sight. There are many scriptures pertaining to faith. I want to read these to you tonight. Hebrews 11.1 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I like this in the God's Word translation right here. It says, Faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of the things we cannot see. That's really saying it. There's been so many people. I'll take an instance. We were down in southern Arkansas. We were in a state tournament. And I'm walking along, and the game's not going well for us. And I hear one of my parents that's on my team. He's sitting there talking to another parent. And I'm watching the game, and somehow his, his voice just caught my attention. And he says... Look at the coach. Do you think he's worried? He's got this in the bag. I got every faith and confidence. We're winning this game. I'm sitting there. I'm listening. I don't even acknowledge him. I'm thinking, wow. I leaned over to DJ. I said, they got confidence in us. We better win this thing. We better do this thing. And we did, by the way. But that's faith. There was no worry in that team. They knew we'd been down before. Things that happened before, negative things that happened in that game before and other games, they knew the character of our team. They knew that we wasn't going to stop battling. We wasn't going to stop fighting. They had faith and trust that we were going to put it all together and come back and win the game. Hmm. They have faith. Hebrews eleven six tells us, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. The Bible speaks of great faith. In Matthew 8 and 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Then we read where Jesus spoke about little faith when the disciples were afraid in the storm. Matthew 8, 26. But he said to them, why are you fearful, O oh, you of little faith? Why do I hate that when God scolds you? Don't, you? don't you just hate that? Somehow God comes through for you. You're like, man, I got lucky that time. I can hear God saying, oh, you of little faith. What do you mean luck? I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in ordained moments with God. Where was I? I'll keep on going. I was just going to preach on that a little bit. Okay, Matthew 6, or 8 and 26. But he said to them, why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Again, a great, a great uh, thing to know right there is in your fearful moments, even when you've been rebuked by God, then he steps in and takes care of your situation. 
have faith, have faith and confidence, trust in God. We've seen on several occasions where individuals ask the Lord for, spe- for specific things in their life. And, and one of them is blind Bartimaeus. Mark 10 and 51 says this. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Wow. Matthew 15, 28 says this. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now you may not understand what I'm talking about there. We're talking about the woman that was talking to him that was, uh, had, a, had a daughter that was demon-possessed. Mark described it in this way. Mark 7 and 26. He said, the woman was a Greek, uh, Syphrohesian. Hope I said that right. By birth. And she kept asking him to cast out the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Jesus. No, she didn't say Jesus. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out from your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. What we're talking about here is faith, our faith in God. When you can ask God to do something and you won't let go of him. Somebody told me this morning, he said, every time I walk in here, he said, I feel like I'm touching the hem of his garment. There's faith in the hem of his garment. You know what? It's just a garment. But when Jesus is wearing it, we need to reach out and touch him. It's that faith that he's going to heal. He's going to touch. He's going to restore when we reach out and touch Jesus. I wonder if the disciples knew the importance of faith. And that's why they asked him to increase their faith. In Luke 17 and 5, it says, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. We could all pray that prayer. Increase our faith. But why are the disciples doing this? I went to some commentaries. I wanted to know why they said these things. And most of them said the exact same thing. They said the disciples felt they needed more faith to do the things that Jesus was asking them to do. For instance, forgiving a brother every time they repented, even if it was seven times a day. When the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith, wasn't it strange? Wasn't it strange that Jesus didn't just say, okay, I will. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. Look at the next verse, Luke 17 and 6. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots, be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Jesus didn't say, okay, I'm going to increase your faith. I think it's, it's a lesson, it's a principle for us to learn. We have to increase our faith. You can pray for faith, but he's give you a measure of faith. And now he wants you to depend on him. He wants you to have faith and trust in him. How do you have faith and trust in him? Make it the way there's no way out unless God doesn't. That's faith. That's faith. Somebody said, well, that's stupidity. You better have a backup plan for that. I believe God wants us to do all that we can 
in our workings, in our dealings, whatever it might be. I believe God wants us to do all that we can, but he wants us to lean on him, depend on him for our limitations that we can't do. And here's the other thing. Don't get so dependent on your ability or your talents that you don't have faith in him first. I remember as a child growing up, we'd get sick, we'd get hurt. I was in St. Louis. We was playing baseball in between the rallies. We had some youth rallies going on, and I went outside, and we were playing baseball. Can you believe that? Playing baseball outside, but we didn't have any gloves. We didn't have a ball. We didn't have a bat. So we found a stick and a rock, and I was the catcher. Kid swung the stick. The stick happened to have a nail in it. Come back and slit me open right here, right above the eyebrow. You know what we did? Called 911. The ambulance was there real quick and threw me in the ambulance. And I went to the hospital and they patched me up. No, that's not what happened. I was carried into the church and laid on the altar and they began to pray. They just had faith. You say, that's crazy. Why would someone do that? Now, they had faith that God was going to take care of that. Now I just have a character mark right there. A small character. Shelly, you can come back. We've been given a measure of faith. The internet says that a mustard seed is usually about one to two millimeters in diameter. That's small. That's tiny. I believe Jesus is saying you have enough faith to do what you need to do. He's give you enough faith. I think sometimes we get to thinking we don't have enough faith to do this. We don't have enough faith to do that. I don't have enough faith... I don't believe God can take care of my finance. I don't believe God can heal, heal me of cancer. I don't believe God can do all these things that he's doing in other people because I don't have enough faith. Can I tell you, you can rest assured he's give you enough faith. He's give you a measure of faith. Now you need to develop it. Now you need to lean on it. Now you need to trust him. Romans 12, verse number three says this. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. The word measure here simply means a limited portion. He's give you what you need. He didn't give you more than enough. He give you what you needed. Why? Because he wants you to develop that faith. He wants you to trust in that faith in God. He wants you to keep leaning on him. Go to him first. God wants to be the first choice, not the last resort. It was that measure of faith that provided a ram in the thicket for Abraham's sacrifice instead of Isaac. It was that measure of faith that caused Elijah to pour out 12 barrels of water on, in the dry season, call down fire, to pray seven times, and seven times send his servant to find, finally see a cloud the size of a man's hand. That measure of faith was enough for Peter to climb out of the boat and begin to walk on water and go to Jesus. That's faith. That's faith. When there's nothing there and you get to step out on it, and then all of a sudden it becomes solid. You're able to be held up. You know in that story right there, Peter took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink. It's a lesson learned, another principle we need to do. When our eyes are magnifying and they're focused on God, we can do the impossible. We can do the miraculous. We can do the spectacular through Christ when we're focused on Him. 
that measure of faith was enough. That measure of faith is still enough. And now it's enough for you and me in this day that we live. That measure of faith was enough for me to get saved. You had to have faith to get saved. You know that? You had to, get, you had to have faith. It's enough. It was enough for me to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I prayed. I sought God. They kept telling me I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'd hear my dad preach about it. He said people would tell him it's like chocolate. It's the sweet Holy Ghost. So he's thinking the Holy Ghost is like a big chocolate Hershey bar. He'd give you a measure of faith. He'd give you a measure of faith. And it was enough for you to be saved, to be filled. It's enough for you to be healed. It's enough for you to be healed. I don't know a human being that doesn't need to be healed of something. Sometime or another in their life, they need a healing, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's financial. They need a healing, and there's a measure of faith for that. That measure of faith is enough for me and you to be able to climb up the rough side of mountains and walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That measure of faith carried me. Carried me seven years ago when my son laid in the hospital, diagnosed with cancer. Parents, when you come to the point where you realize, I can't do anything to help my child, someone said, how in the world was you able to walk through that? It was that measure of faith. It was that measure of faith. It was enough. When I knew I couldn't depend on Drew because I didn't know what to do. I had to lean back on God and say, God, it's in your hands. My son's in your hands. I've dedicated him on the altar. Now he stands in need. Not my will, but yours be done in his life. God, you know my will. I want him to be healed. I'm believing for healing. I believe you're the healer. But if you take him, I love you anyway. That measure of faith carried my spirit. It carried her spirit through the toughest time, through that valley of the shadow of death. The uncertainty, not knowing what's going to happen next in his life. I had faith. I had confidence. I had trust. I could walk every day. I could wake up every day and keep believing, God, it's in your hands. He's yours. I dedicate. I give him to you already. That measure of faith, that measure of faith is enough to keep us living the way God wants us to live, to keep us preaching the gospel, to keep us living every day the way we're supposed to live. It's faith in Jesus and what he's done for us.